Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We're here for the August 23rd edition. We've got one more Vikings preseason game on the agenda that will transpire on Saturday afternoon. And then thereafter, the regular season is afoot. We are about two and a half weeks away. What we're going to do with Brian McKinney, Sal Spice, Sal Spice, excuse me, and Ron Saw this evening is go through some of the roster bubble candidates because Vikings cut day and NFL cut day is on Tuesday at three o'clock central time. And by that time, 90 players will dwindle to 53 in preparation for the regular season. So I'm going to get pick the uh, group's brain on roster bubble dudes, figure out who is and who won't make it. Foremost, though, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Even some NFL futures on there in the week one stuff. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all of the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I call that free money. Bet online where the game starts. This is Believe in Vikings, and I guess Sal Spice is not joining us tonight, but we're going to be just fine. We got Brian McKinney. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens in 2012. We got Ron Saw. We're going to go through some of the Vikings roster battles because uh, cutdown day is Tuesday afternoon. And we've done this show for a few years now, Brian, and I wanted to get a refresher. Now, you never personally, I don't think, were ever on a roster bubble. But when there are guys at training camp, um, whether your teammates or your friends, can they can they feel the heat around this time on the calendar about, you know, gosh, am I going to make it or not? I think some people get nervous. I remember Jeff Dugan got nervous every every year <laughs> and had like a tradition that he did um, set by the same set in the same chair or something around that time or day. Um, some people just get, get nervous because they're just unsure where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes with, I feel like, based off dialogue with coaches and things like that, and I really tell them how they feel about them. But, um, yeah, a lot of guys can get nervous because it's like either you make the team, you don't, or your career is over in the NFL, or you find another team. So you just kind of just like kind of just like out there for a minute just trying to figure it out. Yeah, the, the Vikings have 91 players actually right now with Junior Aho from the international program. So they'll go from 91 to 53. The deadline is Tuesday. And so 38 guys will not make the roster. About 14 will be on the practice squad. And it will be a lot of movement around the NFL. So there'll be, I mean, quite frankly, hundreds of free agents. And, you know, teams can use that to get better. So, Ron, what I want to start with is go through some of these roster bubbles. Uh, I've got ones that I, I consider <clears throat> bubbles. You're certainly welcome to tell me if you think it's not a bubble. But I'll start at the top of the roster. I think arguably Jaron Hall, quarterback, fifth rounder from this last draft, is a roster bubble guy because Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins are shoo-ins. Do you think Hall makes it on the active roster, Ron? I think he does. Um, just with the new rule changes, it changes especially with having that third quarterback, um, the ability to activate them. Um 
for the game, um, just in case anything happens. I think a lot of teams you'll see carry the third quarterback that usually don't. So obviously we'll have Kirk as the vet. <clears throat> um, and then the Nick Mullins as an experienced backup and then kind of your flyer of we'll see if we can get him developed throughout the year, let him practice. And also um, I think Kevin O'Connell today, I'm at high praise of him as the uh, the scout team quarterback. So they may use him in when we play, you know, the Eagles and have that have him replicate that Jalen Hurts role and that type of stuff. So there will be value in that, and I think uh, the extra quarterback allowed on roster is what's going to keep him um, keep him here. I believe that he'll ultimately make it because it's way too easy in this league to snatch a guy off a practice squad, and so any player not just Hall, that ends up on usually 14 players on the practice squad. It's pretty easy to say for an NFL team to say, you know what, I'm going to take that guy. And I don't know, even though Hall hasn't looked like gangbusters right away, I don't know if they want to like let him slip out the door that easily. Uh, Brian, do you like the new quarterback rule or have you heard of it? I haven't heard of it. Okay, well, this kind of is a uh, blowback from the NFC Championship when the 49ers were out of healthy quarterbacks. And they basically had to just do a bunch of handoffs during an NFC championship game. They're designating a roster spot league wide for uh, a third quarterback on Sunday. So normally they'll have one. They usually have to deactivate a number of players and now they can keep an emergency quarterback uh, for, you know, extreme for any situation, really. Uh, And the Vikings usually only have two. So uh, does that sound like a reasonable, reasonable plan? Well, I guess they're being proactive because they've seen something happen, you know, in the past. So it's like to give, um, you know, teams uh, kind of a chance to get through a game. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that'll go, but um, I don't see it happening too often. We have to go through all three quarterbacks either, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I I like it in its purest form. Ron, you probably think it's a little, it's a little watered down like I do. Like it counts against the 53-man cutoff. So that's a little strange. And then it has to be, it has to be a quarterback. It can't be a hybrid. And then like, I think it's almost like baseball. Like once he's in, he has to stay in. <laughs> it feels like he's like a bullpen. Mm. And so there's a lot of little, well, it's actually, <clears throat> go ahead. There, there, uh, there's a little confusion in that, but I heard them talking about it. Um, so it's, <clears throat> it's not that once he's in that he has to stay in, but it, there's something where if, uh, or out of the two guys in front of them, if they get hurt, mm-hmm. one, only one of them is eligible to come back. Okay. So, it, and it has to be, it has to be like medically, a, me, a complete medical reason. It can't be play wise. Like, Oh, this guy's not playing well. We're going to go to go to the third guy, but the first guy went out with concussion <laughs> and now all of a sudden okay. he's back in. It's um, strictly injury, injury related. And if they get cleared, um, only one of them then can come back. Okay, so, I mean, there are some caveats to it where the the reason I think it's a little bogus is because it counts against the 53, and I understand, I guess, that has to happen. Um, So the takeaway is on Sunday mornings when they announce deactivations, they, they they can skip that for Hall or whoever it may be at QB3. I think that's the, the distinction. Does that sound correct? Yeah, so instead of the normal 46, you get that 47 player. Cool, okay. All right, let's go into some of these running backs. This room has taken on uh, a new form over the past month in training camp. Um, we thought it was a pretty deep room. It probably still is, 
But I would say that Kane and Wangu and Dwayne McBride are on the roster bubble. Ron, if you assume Abram Smith and Aaron Dykes won't make the team, maybe Aaron Dykes does make the team. But what are your thoughts on Iwangu maybe hitting the IR, not making it at all, and Dwayne McBride? So I think it's interesting because I think Wangu's value is now lower in the sense that because he was such a good kick returner, and it seems like the NFL is just doing everything they can to get rid of that that play in general, which is kind of dumb. Um, and I, and who knows what the injury is, but I think he has obviously the upper hand because he's had the experience in the NFL. Um, even if it's just as strict as kick returner, I think McBride, I would have liked to see a little bit more of him to this point. Um, I think they, they're going to try to sneak him out of the practice squad. Um, and I, I think that's one of those where every team, and it's nothing against Dwayne McBride and it's nothing against the running back positions. It's just, I think there's so many talented guys. I think every team has a Dwayne McBride that they want to get to the practice squad. So that's a position that'll be less likely that gets plucked. Um, And then you can stash a guy there. And then I think it opens it up where they'll bring in a veteran. Um, You know, they've been working out a lot of guys, whether it's Kareem Hunt or, um, you know, who's the, the old guy from, uh, that bounced around the league, uh, Mike Davis Mike or Davis. whatever. Yep. Um, like they seem to have their feelers out there, and I bet they're just waiting on one person or a veteran to get cut that can step in and uh, carry the load as needed. Bryant, from your playing days, did the the guys who were on the practice squad were they just as much a part of the team during the week as everybody else? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely no separation. Um, okay. Definitely um, played a big part of the team. Gave us our looks and all treated and looked at the same. Okay, yeah, I, 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 that's what I thought the answer was. Um, but they always seem to have just like a separate spot in general uh, on the roster. The only thing is, some, they don't travel. I think to certain games or okay. or stay in the hotel, home games. But they come. But other than that, um, no, they, they're everywhere else. Okay. For the most part, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, Ron. I I'm back when you played, or sorry, Dustin. Um, when in your time, the practice squad it wasn't as fluent as, as it is now, or fluid, I should say, where it seems like every week you get a the fourth tight end that they're signed from the practice squad, or you know, it seems like there's a lot of up and down. Where their limitations back in your day, where once you're called up, you have to remain on the active roster, or were you allowed to kind of go up and down like a minor league baseball team? Some people are going, yeah, people are going up and down. Um, cause I, I know some weeks, some people will be up and then they weren't up like the rest of the season. They'd be back down too. And also just based on like a team need at the time, if somebody got hurt, they'll bring somebody up, things like that. Okay. Ron on the wide receiver bubble, perhaps the most fascinating because it sounds like the Vikings are open to keeping six wide receivers instead of five. Last year was five. I think the year before it was six, but on the bubble, well, let me say uh, off the bubble are Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, and Jalen Naylor. I believe that's safe to say. And on the bubble, I think there's five guys, Jalen Rager, Brandon Powell, Nikhil Harry, and Tristan Jackson. What's your thoughts on them? Or did I, did I forget somebody like Thayer Thomas? Um, I mean, I think the true bubble guys, yeah, would be, you know, Naylor or, well, I, I would even say, yeah, Naylor, Rager, uh, Harry, and Powell are fighting for those last okay. three spots, I would say. Um, <clears throat> and then, 
if Naylor's healthy, I think Naylor showed enough last year on the on special teams alone where he has the upper hand because if you add that value as a gunner on special teams, anything you can contribute elsewhere as a wide receiver I think is going to be valuable. Um, but injury concerns are going to be the big thing with him because I don't even know what the injuries are. Um, as I mentioned last week, I think Nikhil Harry in a way has – an upper hand because his body type is so much different than any other receiver we have. You know, it's always nice to have those, you know, six, three, six, four, 230 pound wide receivers at the goal line that um, act like a tight end. But when you have Josh Oliver out there, you know, do you need many of those type of guys? So um, I know Powell's been flashing in, in camp and he also brings that punt returnability and the familiarity with um, KOC with the Rams. So um, I think six is a legitimate, um, option that they're going to keep mainly because of the special teams aspect of it. If mm-hmm. again, if Naylor's healthy, he's a wide receiver and a special teamer. And then just like Powell, I, he's, I don't know if he's going to be out there as a gunner, but he's a, a secure um, punt returner. So do you, you have Jefferson, Osborne, Addison, Naylor. Do you think Harry and Powell instead of Raker? I really think it'll be between Harry and Rager for that last spot. Okay. Um, and and the only reason I even say that with Harry is because he he didn't have pads on last week. And yeah. usually if you don't have pads on, <laughs> like it's not because you're uh you're fighting for a roster spot. It's mm-hmm. um so I don't know. Maybe uh it, it it's weird uh, because obviously Harry and Rager both being first round picks recently. Like, so the talent's there, um, you know, but is Harry just another Laquan Treadwell that, you know, looks the part, just can't seem to get it right on the field because when you've been through what, this is the third team now in three, four years for him, mm-hmm. like that says something in its own right. So, um, and they didn't, uh, um, give the assets away that granted it wasn't a lot when they added Ray or, yeah, Rager as well. So um, at least what it looks like, they're all making. Um, so it's, it again, it doesn't look like it's like, oh, we got to keep this guy because, you know, like everyone else sucks. It's there. I think there's a legit competition, which is why there may be that extra spot taken there. I, I've talked myself <laughs> into six trying to make a roster and prediction. So I have Jefferson, Jefferson Osborne, Addison, Naylor, Rager, and Powell. Um, I, I think Rager has done enough this summer to change the narrative and, um, yeah, Nikhil Harry, when, when he was signed, I was like, yeah, God, I don't even know. But then he, he changed my mind. I just don't know if he has the oomph to beat out Rager and Powell, but certainly, you know, that's why we have in these roster bubble discussions, sir. What about bulk him up and let him be a tight end. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Uh, I think the, this might in the light of two preseason games, this next guy, a tight end, is probably the ultimate roster bubble guy, and he's Nick Muse. Has he done enough, Ron, to ha- convince the Vikings to keep four tight ends? Because we know TJ Hawkinson and Josh Oliver will get the uh, 53-man nod, and then Kevin O'Connell called Johnny Munt the best t- TE3 in the country. So I don't see them cutting him after saying that. So it is Muse make it a four-man TE room. I think, I think it's all. It's very possible that he makes it because he, when he's given the opportunity, he's looked like he belongs. Um, I think if he does make the squad, I think that may spell the end for CJ Ham. Um, I don't see them keeping four tight ends and a fullback. Um, it just 
roster flexibility, you kind of limit yourself in that. And, uh, you know, it's not like you're keeping a Jimmy Klein saucer around where you know he can play fullback, you know he can play tight end, and he's going to dominate at both of them. It's They're fringe guys, and I would think whoever shows more on special teams is going gonna, is gonna to have the edge. So you think Ham would be gone this year, or you mean down the road? I think this year. I think I know they signed him to that extension, mm-hmm. but I don't think there was any dead money uh, really attached to that. Um, and who knows if uh, if they still need to or whatever get their extensions done? I don't. I it just seems odd in this offense that they have a fullback that's making you know north of seven figures. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I'm, and I'm a big CJ Ham fan. He does nothing but perform when he's out there. It's just this offense isn't predicated on having a fullback and to have a guy making, you know, over seven figures, that's uh part of 30% of the snaps or whatever it is. I think the tight end becomes more valuable because of those sets that they want to run. Yeah, I was right there with you, but that was way back in right in January, February. I thought ham would be the odd man out because they hardly used him on offense. Um, but then they did sign him to the extension. And I think, I think they, I think they'd be out like 1.5 million in dead money if if they cut them now or cut them cut him on Tuesday, um, but that would be a way indeed to keep four tight ends. And there, it's also the fullbacks. They may have it lumped into the running back spot, where which is why instead of having four running backs and a fullback, maybe now we're just talking three running backs and that fullback with the extra wide receiver and tight end to be all all be able to make the team. On the offensive line, I. Th- think um Vidarian Lowe who was on this show a couple years ago now or is that last last year no it was last, last year, year. Yep. he was a rookie last year yeah. yep Austin Schlotman and Blake Brandle um I think those guys are safe they could be argued as bubble I think the true bubble guys are interestingly the veterans Oli Udo and Chris Reed do you think Ron both of them make it or do you think they're on the outside looking in I think Reed makes it because he showed last year that he has the position flexibility, <clears throat> and I think that's huge. Um, Udo may be the the tougher, the one that has the tougher road, being a veteran. That at this point, <clears throat> you're kind you kind of I feel like you are what you are, and you know at least if you have the younger guy in Vidarian Lowe, who you know they moved around last year, played him at both left tackle and right tackle. Um, he has that flexibility, but he's also um, he's also younger, um, whereas Udo, you know, came off his rookie deal. They signed him to that, um, and again, a minimum type deal. But um, yeah, I think they're only going to keep eight or nine guys on the front, um, and I think that's smart in the sense that nowadays those nine and ten guys that are out there, they're not you're not hiding anyone. And if you need to replace someone for an injury throughout the year, I think there's a practice squad for that. And you're not going to get much of a drop off in talent. And you'd rather have guys that are out there, um, you know, on the active 46, 47, whatever um, it is with quarterback that make more sense. Because I think even like Brian and in, in your time, you guys only had like eight linemen that were active, right? Like you didn't have the full 10. It would be somewhere between seven and eight. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I, I still find it odd that you guys are one playing every snap, and the only real injuries are like if someone gets rolled up on. But you usually see guys playing every snap, every single game. You know, again, barring injury. And mm-hmm. uh, what is the the course of action? Say if you're down, you know, if you roll the dice and you have seven or eight guys that are on the line or that 
are active and you're down to only four healthy guys. Does a tight end then come in and have to play offensive <laughs> no, line? No, somebody's going to have to suck it up and play through the injury. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's never any like your. Well, I mean, I guess what you guys have climbed faster it may have been a little different because he was like never at least injured. There, but. <laughs> okay, Let's suck it up. So, yeah, how many? Right. How many seasons was it, Bryant? When you you've told us a couple of times you didn't even have a backup. <laughs> there was a couple. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, because Donald Penn left, it was like <laughs> there were a couple. <laughs> yep, just you were it. Figure it out. It's a testament to your just durability <laughs> overall, <laughs> right? And the talent gap. <laughs> Uh, that brings us to the defense, Ron, and I think I'll kind of lump the entire defensive line into one bubble. So the locks for the roster, Daniel Hunter, Marcus Davenport, Harrison Phillips, and Dean Lowry, and then I have likely to make, so these aren't bubble guys, although it's interpretive, Patrick Jones, Luigi Villain, DJ Wanham, Kyrus Tonga, Jonathan Buller might be bubble. Uh, Sazy from the Gophers and Jaqueline Roy, I consider probably going to make it. Um, you feel free to disagree. And then I have on the bubble for sure. Andre Carter and Ross Blacklock. What say you on the defensive line? Honestly, it, I think the top four that you mentioned, I think that's accurate. Um, the rest of it, it's so hard to dissect because of, uh, because of the scheme, yeah. um, like the, whether the three, four, or not necessarily just three, four, but nose tackle versus three technique, you know, Harrison Phillips obviously has that versatility where I think they have him as an end list or listed as an end, but to me, he's more of a nose tackle because he's that, that beast strong, strong man in the middle. Um, but those other guys like, you know, Dean Lowry, um, I like his length as a three, four, end like i think isn't he like six six and like 290 just mm-hmm. in my mind that perfect guy that you want to to set that edge and eat up blockers so <clears throat> sheldon day is intriguing because i know he comes from that um that san francisco uh lineage and you know he runs his defense but i don't know if he's a nose or three four end i don't know enough about him there and then uh I think tonga i think he's made the team like i think that's who they have pegged to be that you know, the Don Terry Poe in the middle, just that uh, <laughs> you just take on blockers and allow those undersized linebackers and in, uh, in um, um, Asamoa and uh, Pace to be able to run around and do their thing. So um, what they decide to do on the line, again, I have no idea because I don't know how they interpret um, the linebackers slash edge versus linemen. And again, I, I see certain players, you know, whether it is Patrick Jones or, you know, the, the gopher kid, their flexibility of being able to rough the passer, but also play um, as that three, four end. Um, so it, I, I think once the cuts come through, I think that'll open a window as to what Flores really wants to do. But at this point, I have no idea because the Patriots are always that type of team where, they say they run a three, four, but they look like four, three at a lot of times. So you need just versatile guys that can do it all. Did you say, did you, what'd you say about Andre Carter? Did I miss that? Oh, um, I mean, I, I was a big fan of him coming into the draft, but mm-hmm. I don't know how raw he is. I just mm-hmm. love that size, the six, seven, yeah. you know, whatever, 260, 270. In my mind, if he's able to be coached up, um, that he's that perfect guy that can play, um, on the edge okay. and as a three, four guy, um, I know, you know, Brian, your time with Baltimore, like Baltimore, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are the two teams that they do it 
extremely well. They always find guys to fill in a position. It doesn't matter who mm-hmm. is gone, like whether it's Terrell Suggs leaves, um, someone else comes in and they get extreme production out of that. Is that something mm-hmm. that that Flores can unlock here with all these names that we as Vikings fans may not have heard of yet? Oh, I think so. I think he probably has a good idea how to, you know, run his game and what type of players he needs to fill in into those those spaces. So, yeah, I think so. The next one, Ron, is intriguing, uh, mainly because I talked to Josh Fry, who writes Purple PTSD um, a few hours ago. And on off-ball linebacker, uh, he did some homework and realized that during Brian Flores's Dolphins stint, that there were one or two seasons where he only brought three off-ball linebackers into the regular season because he had so many damn secondary members, whether they're safeties. Um, and kind of feels like we might be doing that again because of all these safeties that are, I think, shoe-ins to make the roster. But nevertheless, uh, I consider locks at linebacker Jordan Hicks, Brian Asamoah, and Ivan Pace, if you can believe that, as a lock. And then on the bubble is the two Troys, and Troy Die and Troy Reader. Do you think they keep a Troy or just roll with three off-ball linebackers? I think I think one of one of the Troys, I think Reader has the upper hand. Again, those guys that that are coming over from the Rams that KOC worked with over there, I think they have that kind of built in in um but man i don't know because the way pace has been playing and and them using him as the green dot linebacker and kind of getting him ready to be a three down backer in this league it they may very well go the route of the extra safety because and play a lot of these big or big dime situations that um that we're doing um, with Bynum, with Seen, obviously mm-hmm. Harry, um, and then even you know Metellus, you know has played played well in spurts. Um, so I, I honestly, I have no way. This is the first time where I can legitimately say, like, out of the fifty three man roster in my head, I could be wrong about twenty guys um, <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Um, and again, I think that's just the versatility of the Flores scheme, which I think all Vikings fans are going to be excited to see. Yeah, it's usually, especially because we had Zimmer for eight seasons, you could kind of tell at this time on the calendar who he'd probably keep and certainly the format or the number at each, each position because we had so much sample. Uh, but now, from Donatel last year to Flores this year, it's kind of a guessing game, especially when you get as exotic as Flores likes to do things. At cornerback, the locks are Byron Murphy, a Caleb Evans, and Makai Blackman, in my opinion. And then likely to make the roster are Andrew Booth. I think he could be a lock, too, depending on your perception of him and Jawan Williams. And on the bubble, that leaves Najee Thompson. And he has been uh, a preseason hero on special teams. So I ask you, kind sir, is Najee Thompson going to make this a six-person cornerback CB room? Uh, And Thompson's one where looking at just watching film, watching – the speed that they're playing it, it's hard to to not have a have that guy make the squad uh, just because of the work on special teams um, and the way Ryan Wright has proven that he can boom the ball like almost he's almost like Mitch Berger like if you're like obviously Brian I know you played with I think you played with him um, but he's always a guy that could kick the ball a long way with good hang time but we haven't had that for a long time so in having that you need someone that can go down and make a tackle and. 
he could very well push one of those other receivers off, um, like or whatever that may be. So um, it's hard to again just watching him. You always see thirty six down there making a play, um, always hitting the returner before they're you know before there's any room for uh, for him to go. So. Um, I think it's if it's a question of him as the sixth corner and special team guy or a fourth off-ball linebacker, I think he gets the nod in my book. Yeah, I don't think – I'm looking it up. I don't think Bryant played with Mitch Berger. Does that name ring a bell, Bryant? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that was <laughs> – Yeah, it was right before I, I Bryant got there. that he was early 2000s punter. No, they had uh, Hodgepodge, Kyle Richardson, Darren Bennett. <clears throat> Um, it's kind of off on a tangent, and then Cluey. I'm sure he remembers Cluey. Yeah, I remember Cluey for sure. Was he a pretty cool dude? Yeah, Cluey was cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, and then I think, uh, Ron, Cluey locked it down for how many years? That ended he up was being, here for a while, yeah. Yeah, that ended up being... So he got there in 2005, and then he was there for eight seasons altogether. So that's the punter lesson of the day. All right, and then the final uh, option or the final section of the depth chart is because there won't be any battles anymore at kicker. Greg Joseph won that outright. If you're if you're just getting back into the swing of Vikings football, is safety. Although I don't really think there's anybody on the bubble. Uh, you let me know if I'm wrong here. On Harrison Smith, Lewis Seen, Josh Metellus, Cameron Bynum, Jay Ward. And Theo Jackson. Uh, I think Jackson is probably a practice squatter. I think the rest of the guys flat out make it. Am, am I wrong? I tend to agree with you on that. Um, again, Metellus has the ability to play special teams at a pretty high level. Um, and the other guys either have the draft capital or uh, versatility um, that, you know, Jay Ward being that guy that can play nickel, can play safety. Um, so I think they do all make the squad. Um but you know how they're used. I guess we'll we'll find out. So, um, and that's the one thing you know. Even kind of going back back position group to with um, Booth. I think Booth being in his second year from the the group that drafted him in their first class. I think he is a lock this year. Now, if he makes it through the year, that's another thing. Um, and then Bryant, as a player, from your perspective. Going through this, obviously, the cutdowns are a lot different now going straight from 90 to 53, whereas your time, it was slowly going down. It, is there ever a time when, like, let's say players can have a say or make a swing boat as, like, you know, being a leader on the team? Like, this guy should make the squad because of his no, so we don't even know. Contribution. Unless you go in there like Anthony um, Herrera and talk your way into staying on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, we have no idea who they're going to um, – or who they plan on releasing. So, no, we're not even – and then we're never there. We're never in the building, um, especially, like, this last day. You're at home on break, so that's when, like, people get called in. So we're not even around, so you don't know until you just come back in the locker room and you see who makes it. So, like I said, unless they do Anthony Herrera and he got caught up to get released <laughs> and he talks his way in the stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so then the other, the other part of that is that makes me wonder who did they release in the place of him? You know, since he talked his way in the stand. So the other part of that is you said like the way cuts are. Is it like obviously there's a deadline for them, but like would you be in the building like having lunch or something like with someone and they get called in and then they got to go and like what's that well, process the way like? Of, used to the, when it was like three different cuts, you would. Um, 
Like you'd be there definitely for like the first maybe one or two. The third one was always like leading up to like Labor Day weekend or something like that. Mm-hmm. We were probably off or something, you know. So we weren't never there for the last one. So I'm pretty sure this last one they're probably gonna be off, and people will be at home, and they have like a couple of days off, and they'll they'll make calls then. What about uh, just we're talking through it out loud? So a guy like yourself, uh, you know, starting left tackle for a decade almost for the Viking or a decade for the Vikings, or somebody on the current team like Jefferson or Hawkinson, do they even like get a notification that they made the team? Like, or is it just so? No, is it good enough? Notification that you didn't make it. That's like you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, yeah, because it would be a little awkward if they, you know called up Justin Jefferson this That's Monday. too many phone calls to call everybody who made it too. It's like, we're just going to call the people <laughs> who didn't make it, call them in. And if you didn't get a phone call, then that means you made it. Yeah, I see. So that Brian, what's so you the know mindset that a like? Time, it, after a certain time, if you didn't get a call, then it's like, okay, I made the team. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the mindset like for a player like of your caliber where, you know, highly, highly recruited, highly, you know, high level at college, highly drafted, like always had, always had that stability of knowing where you're at on the team. Like how does your mindset like change knowing that you're a player that is a lock to make the team? Like, is, is there, it, it, I guess you don't know anything other other than that, but is there, <laughs> is there either a sense of security or safety or just kind of, I just know I need to get through camp healthy and I'm fine. Or is get there any, camp other, healthy and like any long other things I'm, you're worried about? To me, I feel like long as I remain the starter during like you know camp and those preseason games, that I should definitely make the team. So yeah, then yeah, I can see me starting off through training camp, and all of a sudden they tell me you didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be like, what? Like that'd be crazy. But that's happened. At, like at, we've had players that the surprise cuts that you know, like Brian Robinson, for example, a few years back, where he was the starter, came in, and all of a sudden he gets cut and. But I guess, yeah, like I said, you probably have no idea what like any of the other side of the coin on that yeah. because because of uh, of how great you know your run was um, from college and and to retirement. Yeah, yeah, in a very good way. Bryant is the wrong guy to ask about uh, what's it like <laughs> to sweat a, sweat a roster bubble. I've um, never seen, so I didn't even know that happened to Brian Robinson. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect somebody. So he started all the preseason games and everything, and then got released. I think it, it was the one where it was just a big surprise because he was penciled in as that starter. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that uh-huh. anyone was ready to it, it. It was his last year. Like he, he was, I mean, what, nine, eight, nine years in. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it, but it came as, I think that's the only one I could think of that came as a true shock that, whoa, maybe Alex Boone was the other one, but from everything okay. I've heard um, like about Alex Boone was not glowing. <laughs> Yeah, the so last year we had two surprise cuts, and we'll end on this note for the show. Um, last year was Armin Watts and Amir Smith Marset, and this year's equivalent. Now I don't think these next two guys will be cut, but this year's equivalent would be like Jalen Naylor and Kyrus Tonga out of nowhere were cut, and we'd all be like, "What?" And now it's easy to look back and be like, oh, yeah, Amir Smith-Marset and Armin Watts got cut because we know it. Uh, but at the time, it was really head-scratching because they were both – Watts was listed as a starter on the first depth chart, and then Amir Smith-Marset was everybody's WR4 pick. Well, they traded for Rager, <laughs> and then for some reason they just said no thanks to Watts. So uh, that guess that it's a cautionary tale in the next five days just to beware 
that you know there will be a couple surprise cuts, um, but maybe we've talked talked them to death enough that nothing will be a surprise. All right, gentlemen, we'll be back next Wednesday. I think Sal will be back in the saddle, and we will have all of the preseason behind us. We will have a new depth chart with 53 players on it to dissect, all right? Okay. All right, you guys have a wonderful right. week. Thank you very much. <laughs> Later. Have a good Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.